You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, Linda Mingus and Dana Croston from the Gaston County Cooperative Extension stop by. They're going to be talking to us about the Master Food Volunteer Program and how you can get involved. Dana is sort of a uh, volunteer extraordinaire for the Master Food Program, as well as several other programs within the Cooperative Extension, and she'll be sharing her knowledge with us. We are here on Savvy Citizen today. I'm joined by Elizabeth McGee, um, co-hosting today, and then we've got Linda Mangus and Dana Croston from the Gaston County, North Carolina Cooperative Extension, and they're going to be talking to us a little bit about the Extension's Master Food Volunteer Program, and that's certainly something that um, just about anybody in the community can get involved with, right, Linda? That's correct. So tell us a little bit about kind of what the program is and how it got started and, and um, kind of what it does for the community. Great. Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, um, this program is entirely new to North Carolina and other states like Virginia Cooperative Extension and South Carolina and other states around us, they actually had this program. Their states are laid out just a little bit differently where agents in my capacity cover a larger territory or maybe they have a district or um, ranges. And so the extension agent really doesn't have that direct day-to-day contact with their county. So those programs were developed to have trained volunteers in the area of family and consumer science. So it could be anywhere from parenting to nutrition to childcare to budgeting, whatever programming those state extension offices have to help support that. So it really was designed to increase the programming capacity in states through the use of volunteers. And so several years ago, before COVID, we went through a pilot. And I remember in the planning of this, so so now it's probably been, you know, seven years ago when we started having the discussions with other states. And we did a pilot with several counties And then the year of COVID, whenever, I can't even remember when that started, was the first year we kicked off our first cohort of volunteers with our Master Food Program. And Dana was a part of that. And unfortunately, during that time, everything kind of got shut down. Um, So it was brand new. And it's really designed, our program is designed to focus on food, especially local foods, and nutrition, some of our physical activity programming. And we provide intensive training, about 30 hours or so, I believe, of the initial training. And then there is a a mentoring program of so many volunteer hours that are received by volunteers and shadowing with agents and programs. And then you're a full-fledged volunteer. The program is really designed to be very similar to the Master Gardener program that many folks are familiar with. Sure. Um, So it's designed to put together people so that they can meet others who are interested in the same topic, do things around food and nutrition of your own interest, taking care of your own self, but also giving back and helping to support our programs. So I'm assuming the reason that Dana's here is that Dana is involved directly in this program. Yes, I am. I actually um, was a member of the very first class, and we did. We got caught off by COVID, and everything shut down, and it was just like everything went dark. Mm. But, you know, you find your little niches with people. At least I did. I found my little niches with people, not necessarily um, through ECA, but a lot of um, my neighbors, because my neighbors know I'm all into 
just about everything. <laughs> so I had a lot of questions and, you know, sharing recipes, looking mm-hmm. for new recipes, just basically teaching people around me, my neighbors and my family and my friends, more about nutrition. Oh, wow. That's great. Linda, you mentioned that this is a program that other state cooperative extensions have, um, but but not here. So what was the impetus to try to get it started in North Carolina? Because during that time, there were some budget changes that were happening across the state. And with North Carolina's focus on local foods, we really needed more more hands on deck, really, to be able to do all of the local food programming. And then as counties were starting to have a reduction in staff, so perhaps you had one FCS agent covering two states, excuse me, two counties, it was a great time to bring in this program. And so uh, it's it's great. Dana, for example, you know, she comes in with us um, and provides so much. She's a registered nurse, and she's helping with a variety of programs like um, our our med instead of meds. Mm-hmm. This uh, summer, when we were able to begin doing hands-on food demos, because we had restrictions from the university level oh, sure. because of COVID that we were very limited on what we, what we could do. So once those restrictions were lifted, Dana was working with some of our other volunteers and our summer intern to do med instead of meds at, for example, the Kaiser Senior Center. And so um, involved with doing the food prep, the lessons. And so having that expertise and that trained person, it really frees me up to go to the next site and do another program. So that is the one thing I think about a lot of these food-related activities from canning to food preservation and doing even med instead of meds, it takes a lot of time when you're preparing food and samples for classes. So that was part of the reason behind this program. And it's been a really great way for people to come together. In fact, during the class that we have now, and most of the trainings are small because, again, with the level of intensive shadowing that is done and how volunteers are following the extension agent to really get hands-on training with what we do the ideas for the the classes to be small so we had like just four members but again we were kicking this back up this year Mm -hmm. with COVID still you know being in in the wings but the camaraderie and being able to build friendships and doing things together is really some of the feedback that I heard of why they joined the program. So what are some examples of things that your first cohort have been able to accomplish despite COVID? Yeah, so um, one of the things, and Dana is um, coming in with that as well, is our food video production. We started doing some training with that since we couldn't actually prepare food. And we started getting some training on working with the state and getting equipment. So some of what we're planning to do is the video conversations. Also, we've had volunteers here with Savvy Citizen to do podcasts, and I think that is a great opportunity. Also, Dana has been working with the Matter of Balance program. She's a trained facilitator with that, and that is wonderful. That's another level of training, too, but that's our fall prevention training, and we're so much in need of. So because she was a master food volunteer, she learned about that program. She was working with us, And now 
I'm getting ready to pull her into our lift program. She and one of our other volunteers, who uh, our staff member Pam Bryson, who just recently retired, she was our in our second cohort of the Master Food Program, and so they're going to be teaching and leading the lift program, lifelong improvements through fitness together when we kick that off in March. And that program is eight weeks. It's 16 sessions, so twice a week. We do pre-functional fitness test, and then we do a final one at the end of 16 weeks, and then six months later. So it is very intensive. So having trained volunteers who can help be a part of that really helps to expand our programming. And having folks that are passionate, who can speak about all of these topics, and, you know, from all of that, and again, I've asked Dana many times, can you come and teach this <laughs> class? Can you come and help us do the, the functional fitness test? Can you come and speak on one of our podcasts? I think, you know, those connections um, really just mean a lot. And then she comes in with her background in healthcare. That has just been a wonderful fit, especially, I think, for our fall prevention workshop. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you've got a hat sitting here on the table, but I feel like you wear a ton of different <laughs> hats just for cooperative extension. I'm, you've got a full-time job and you're doing all these. When, when do you sleep? <laughs> Very rarely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I have really enjoyed it because, you know, as a nurse, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, health issues because of the way that people eat. So sure. being trained and being able to um, go back to those patients or even just the general public and give them education and then refer them to other programs. Because, you know, if I had not done this, you know, just like she said, I w- uh, Linda said, I would not know about the lift program or the mm-hmm. matter of balance, which I love the matter of balance class. Yeah. Because I am very passionate about seniors in general. As a nurse, I've always loved seniors. And so to help them, um, you know, just to give them the education and the tools to be safer at home. And, you know, I just I have found that that's very re- rewarding for me. And they ask really good questions and you get to learn. And, you know, and then you can also push in the nutrition part because, you know, of course, for from the food portion of it. So you get to push that in. And the med instead of med was just I and I don't think I've actually taken that class, but I had heard about the class before. And so, you know, speaking with people and being able to assist with that. And then once again, then, you you know, you it's usually seniors because it's during the day. So you can push them to the um, you know, you give them information about the live class or the matter of balance class. So to me, it's full circle. You know, it's like you start with the nutrition piece and now there's safety at home and now you do the exercise portion. So, you know, it's like you're taking care of a whole person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just and it all started from just that, you know, the food volunteer class. Mm. It all started with that. So it's been very rewarding for me. And, you know, the people that I meet, you know, and some of them are older, some of them are younger, but just meeting the people and just, um, you know, finding out how people think about nutrition and how they think about food and watching them when they have that aha moment, when you teach them something, you know, just a healthy switch. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just, you know, instead of using butter, let's try olive oil. And then you show them a recipe and they taste it and their eyes light up and they're like, I never would have thought that would have tasted well. Yeah. You know, it's like it tasted really good. And, you know, because sometimes they'll see the recipes and they'll, you know, they kind of, you yeah. can see the skeptical look yeah. on their face. And then when they taste it and, and they just light up and it's like, oh, okay, this is doable for me. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, ultimately that's what you want. You want people to be, at least me as a nurse, I want people to be healthier. And I want them to know, you know, your your health is really connected to what you put in your mouth. Sure. And so you really have to think about your food. And, you know, I'm also a master gardener, so I'm all about healthy food and about growing your own food. 
And people love to hear that, even though not, not everyone's going to grow their own food, mm-hmm. but they do like to hear about it and about fresh herbs. And once again, you can say, look, you know, ECA or, you know, Cooperative Extension has um, classes about cooking with fresh herbs. They have um, classes about cooking with our winter vegetables here in North Carolina. So it, to me, it's all it kind of all kind of comes around. Absolutely. One kind of pushes into the other. And so, I, you know, as a volunteer, I have enjoyed being able to bring that to the public. And I have thoroughly enjoyed just the education that I have gotten and um, the people that I've touched along the way and the stuff that they've taught me along the way. And now for a word from our sponsors. And since we're sponsoring this, it's a word from us. Ah, Valentine's Day. A day for long walks on the beach, romantic candlelight dinners, and slobbery sloppy kisses? That's right. This year, you can check out Smooches for Pooches. Come on out to the Dallas Dog Park from 2 to 3 o'clock to treat your favorite canine to something sweet for this Valentine's Day. Call our Gaston County Parks and Recreation Department at 704-922-2164 for more information. Can you talk a little bit more about the education you've gotten? Because I figure there's probably some trainings that happen in order Mm -hmm. to become a master. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Well, because I was a member of the first class, of course, we did get cut off by COVID. But we and I don't I can't remember how many weeks it was. How many weeks was it, Linda? I think it was about nine. Okay, so we have nine weeks of training. Um, We learn about nutrition. And I mean, the thing that really kind of opened my eyes, I've always been a label reader. And so it amazes me when other people don't read labels. (laughs) But, to um, you know, it's like everything is broken down in that class. You know, like, how do you teach somebody how to read this label? Mm -hmm. You know, this is what everything means. And and this is um, government programs. So it's like all of that education that I got. especially like the recipes, because I'm kind of a, I don't know, I I, I tend to eat a little weird, but but to learn recipes um, that are simple, which is always a big thing for me, it's like I love simple recipes, because people won't actually engage if they have to go and buy 20 items to make a recipe. Mm -hmm. So um, learning how to create simple recipes, learning the resources of where other people can go to find re- simple recipes, which once again, that pushes you into other things, you know, other things like the My Plate by the government, yep. the Med Instead of Med, all of these websites. So you're given all of those resources. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can therefore go back to the people that you're teaching and now you can hand those resources off to them. Mm. I feel like sometimes the the idea behind, oh, you know, you need to eat healthier, you need to, to, to be dieting to, to benefit your health is like what people hear is, oh, I have to get rid of all the fun stuff in my diet. It's, it's now I'm just going to eat a bunch of stuff that's like healthy and bland and my life Boring. is going to be dreary. Boring. Right, right. <laughs> and it does not have to be that way at all because, you know, um, with this class, you know, with the volunteer um, food program, I learned about herbs, how to cook with herbs. And, um, you know, just healthy switches, Mm. because um, I think last week I actually spoke with some seniors about um, healthy hints for the holidays. Okay. And, you know, just kind of hearing their feedback and what their concerns are. You get to tell them, you know, you know, we all love macaroni and cheese, although I think macaroni and cheese is from the devil. But, (laughs) you know, you know, we don't all love macaroni and cheese because you do not. (laughs) No, I don't do macaroni and cheese. But, you know, it's like healthy. I mean. 
I, I want my heart to beat. You know, it's like, I don't do yeah. the cheese. Yeah. But when you tell people, you know what, you know, because I had a lady come up to me and she said, you know, we all love our traditional foods. Mm. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's never too late to change tradition. You know, it's like you have grandkids that are coming, you know, include them in the food prep. You know, ask them, you know, what, you know, what would you like to eat? And then see if you can make a healthier version of it. And then that healthy version can now become your traditional food. And so, you know, when you hear that from people and the, the lady kind of thought about it and she's like, well, you know, you're right. You know, I said, even with macaroni and cheese, there's a healthier way to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want help doing that, you know, you let me know. I'll give you my phone number because, you know, anybody can call me. I don't care. I'll give you my phone number. I can um, direct you to some websites. And if you are just determined to eat this food from the devil, there is a way to actually make it healthy if that is the food that you, you know, you want to consume during the holidays. Not not to get too big on religion here, but um, if you're you're telling our audience that macaroni and cheese is food of the devil, you may have people that are like, I'm going to hell. Oh, my gosh. Well, you've been dangling this healthy macaroni and cheese recipe over our heads. Do you have a tip for how to make it healthy? Well, of course, you know, most people use three. I know when my mother made it, you know, it was like three cheeses full of fat. Well, try to switch to like a low fat cheese. Now, I'm, I don't eat dairy. So, of mm-hmm. course, I use um, nutritional yeast for the cheese mm-hmm. flavor. But if you are a cheese person, just use low fat cheese. Instead of the whole milk, try, you know, um, skim milk. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at each item that you have to put into that. And you kind of, you know, you try to bring as much fat out of it as mm-hmm. possible because that's the thing with macaroni and cheese. The calories go up because there's so much fat in it. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, but I don't know if anybody has ever tasted non-fat cheese, but it you really can't taste the difference. Mm-hmm. If you season that up and you use the non-fat ingredients, you will really not be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's still, and it's healthy. One thing that I love to do just because I am obsessed with broccoli and I eat it pretty much every day, I like putting broccoli in the casserole. So it's like, it's Mm. not just the noodles. It's also some broccoli or even cauliflower. Yeah. You you can't, I mean, anything tastes good if you got a little bit of cheese sauce on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is true. And that's one of the key things we talk about with med instead of meds is, you know, adding veggies to other dishes or things that, you know, your family likes. Um, So that's a great way of working in. And, you know, I think so many of the programs and the information that Extension drives is really about making the healthy choice a simple choice. So it doesn't have to be um, anything real complicated. And in fact, right now we're sharing information. It's called the Maintain Don't Gain Holiday Challenge. Mm. Um, And so we've been sending that out and sharing it with some of our webinars and our programs. But it's an event that um, Extension and other state organizations are partnering with. And the whole idea is you sign up and you just get online resources of maintaining your weight during the holidays without gaining. And so this week I noticed the first tip was talking about having a flexible um, thinking is kind of what they talked about. So not having that all or nothing attitude about, you know, instead of, you know, I'm not going to worry about my weight or my, you know, blood sugars or my high blood pressure right now. I'll deal with that, you know, come January. So instead of that, for example, is just thinking about the little things that you do. You know, the weather's nasty outside today, so maybe I don't get to get to go for a 30-minute walk, but I could do 10 minute of stretches. Mm. So those were some of the examples. And I think that's been a really good resource. I was sharing that today with our lift group in Stanley. And, you know, we really don't have that attitude when you think of especially about food. 
Think about in the 90s when Snackwells and all of those products, the fat-free craze, Mm -hmm. grocery stores could not keep those products on the shelves. People were in line. I remember reading some commentary about that. Well, we as Americans thought, okay, it's fat-free. I can eat as much as I want. Mm -hmm. Did we lose weight as a nation? No. So that is really often the American mindset, and we're trying to help change that. You know, simple changes you can make every day. Speaking of simple changes, I'm, I'm curious, is, as you've gone through this program, have you seen any changes in your personal life or, you know, have you had any aha moments through this program? I was pretty healthy before. It's more <laughs> of what I see other people when I, t- you know, because I have a, um, and I don't know if I'm just getting to this certain age, but I've had a lot of friends recently that were diagnosed with being pre-diabetic. Uh-huh. And so, of course, now the first, you know, although for years I say, no, don't overeat, eat this, don't eat that. And now all of a sudden they're all pre-diabetic and now they're calling me. Ah. You know, like, well, Dana, what do I do now that I'm pre-diabetic? And so, you know, teaching them how to read, you know, and I always tell people, read the labels. Like uh-huh. that will, like that is golden. Read yeah. the label. And so um, recently I had a friend and she was she was diagnosed with pre-diabetic, being pre-diabetic. And so I told her, I said, you know, um, try to eat 50 carbs per meal. You know, people go on these low carb diets and they're instead of being low carb, they're like, no, I want no carbs. Huh. And I always tell everybody, it's like you need every all the things that they tell you you shouldn't eat. You need a little bit of it. Yeah. Like you need fat. You need cholesterol. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you need carbs. You need them, but you need to limit them. And so, you know, my friend would go, she was so funny because she would go to the grocery store. I told her, you like, this is how many carbs you need per meal. You need to eat three meals a day. Mm-hmm. And she would, no, no, the less I eat, the more, you know, I'll lose weight. And, and I said, no, you know, like you need to eat the three meals a day. This is how many carbs per meal that you need. I would literally on my phone, she would go to the grocery store and take pictures of the label. Oh gosh. <laughs> and she'd be like, okay. You know, and I, I would just quiz her like, okay, like how many carbs does this have? How much sodium, how much fat? Uh-huh. And so, you know, during that back and forth, she learned how to read labels. Yeah. So That's it's awesome. Re- so it's really like aha moments that I get from other people. Okay. Cause I've always been like compulsive about labels when no one cared <laughs> about labels. I was a person in the store looking at labels. <laughs> so I've, I've been pretty healthy, but, um, and I guess maybe my aha moment, it was um the simplicity of the recipes okay that was a big thing yeah because I know I took a class with Linda uh years ago and they had this um where you put all the meals in a in a foil hmm. you put everything in a foil and then you stick it in the oven and cook it oh it's like and a campfire meal yeah and see and I'm all about camping <laughs> so I was just like oh yeah that was an aha moment when I and it's it was so flexible uh-huh. because it wasn't like this one recipe it's like no we have this one thing and these are options and you get to pick and choose your options. And so like every meal is different yeah. and I love things that work that way yeah. because I'm not a good follow the recipe type person. You Same. know, it's like, no, yeah. It's like, well, they say that, but I really like this more. Yeah. I don't even have that today. I'm not right. going to go get so that. So I like recipes where it's like, okay, this is like the core of the recipe and you can make it work for you mm-hmm. whichever way you want by adding different things. Yeah. It's like a math formula. Exactly. You have the formula, you just got to exactly. plug and chug the different ingredients. Yeah. So that, I guess that was my aha moment with the program. Yeah. That's when I realized like, oh, I'm not like stuck with this one recipe. Yeah. There is flexibility. I can add, you know, like more because I love vegetables. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's like sometimes I grow a lot of broccoli. Sometimes I grow a lot of kale. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever happens to be in my garden, that's what I can bulk up this recipe with. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I think that like when you're trying to get to the point where you want to you just want to make simple decisions, like mm-hmm. being able to be an intuitive cook, being intuitive about you know, how to shop for groceries and how to build a meal every single day. That's the hard part. Yeah. 
that is the hard part. And that's what takes a lot of work to get to. And teaching people basically, and I mean, I've, and I say this to people all the time, pick 10 meals that you like, keep them on a card and just rotate them. Like you don't have to have this fresh, you know, like, oh, this exotic meal for every meal every mm-hmm. day of the week. You know, pick 10 things that you like to eat or 10 recipes that you're really good at and just rotate them around. It'll work. It'll be okay. Yeah. We'll be right back with more of this week's episode. But in the meantime, here's something you might want to check out. Did you resolve this year to get after gardening? Well, our public library can help you with that. If you ever wanted to try your hand at gardening, you can get up to five seed packs free at any of our libraries across the county. You can also learn for free from Master Gardeners each month. February's class is on Saturday, February 11th in the Carol Reinhardt Auditorium. Julie Wyatt will be showing you how to plan out your garden for the year. One of the things that I also wanted to mention, which is so great for us in terms of uh, programming, is getting the input from volunteers like Dana Mm. and her background and diversity of ideas and input. It really makes a difference. It makes us relevant. It makes us, you know, staying on top of things. And even, for example, during COVID, when things had, you know, we were all isolating from home, I remember working on webinars. And until then, I hadn't been doing no webinars. And I said, Dana, can you let me present this to you? We'll Zoom in together and let's go through this and see if you think this pulls in everything because we were talking about home canning and so I'm like I need to make sure that I have enough pictures because there were there were no videos going with this but that it is clear enough and explains the process and the equipment and so she and some of our other volunteers listened in and they gave great feedback and you know also topic ideas and the times of programs and hearing you know also knowing what's going on in healthcare Mm. and in terms of what the needs are in Gaston County. And just, you know, just in terms of life experiences, I think that makes a difference as well. So Dana has just been such an asset to us and and has real. I mean, working with volunteers who are as engaged as Dana is so much fun. And it really makes me learn and be on my A-game too. You know, because I've laughed and said, when you have volunteers, you know, they don't have to, come and do your programming. So it better be relevant to them. You know, it better be something that they enjoy doing. And so it, it's just been a wonderful opportunity to work with her. Are you looking for more volunteers? We are. We just finished our second cohort, and again, probably in the fall of next year. And we have tons of information on our website. And really, what has been great, because like Ann Jenkins, who is one of our newest volunteers, she came along and helped. She just came and volunteered with med instead of meds and worked with Dana and our summer intern. And it's like, you know, this is really fun. I enjoy doing food demos and her husband had recently passed. So she was really trying to expand some of Mm -hmm. her social engagements and not being, you know, just creating a new schedule. And so she signed up for the program and, you know, so often people learn about the master food program from being a part of the program. I met Dana years ago when she came to one of our food preservation classes, I believe. So that's, you know, yes, we're always looking for volunteers um, that are interested because the more volunteers, really the more, you know, the more places and the more opportunities 
we can be. Our goal for this year, for well, actually for 2023, I'm really hoping to work with Dana and a couple of our other volunteers to do more video production that mm-hmm. will go in line with our webinars around home food preservation um, so that we can develop that. And Dana does so much food preservation, so it's a natural, that, that would just be a natural fit. I love, I love the relationship that the Cooperative Extension has with its volunteers because it seems really reciprocal because y'all, you know, the Cooperative Extension gets assistance with teaching classes. You get to offer more classes and you get to fulfill your mission. But then the volunteers come away with, you know, you're an expert. You're a master. <laughs> Literally, it's in the title. <laughs> so it's just really cool that you get you both get so much out of it. Well, I, you know, the other piece, and I don't know if Dana wants to share this because she's an absolute jewel and such a major contributor to um, ECA, which is the Extension and Community Association. And she supports so much of what they do. And even during the holidays, when maybe it's not even a holiday that she personally celebrates, and she's a part of their that doing the work. Um, and she's involved in so much. But we really, I mean, it becomes like family, mm. you know, in terms of the relationships and people looking after one another. And, you know, I know, I always come back to this, but I think that's one of the unique things about Extension are our volunteers and those relationships. And, you know, you rely on them. And, you know, when during COVID, when we had a couple of losses from COVID of our volunteers, and we were calling other members to share the sad news of, of deaths, and it it runs deep across our whole Extension office. Um, and, you know, that's the other thing. We have volunteers that have been a part of some level of our organization since they were a child. One volunteer, not with the Master Food Program because it's so new, but um, Becky Weathers, she was one of our volunteers, and she told me that she came as like a seven-year-old as a 4-H'er with her mother in ECA, and she had been an active member up until her late 80s. And so, you know, those are the relationships that you develop. And um, especially when it comes to food and the kitchen, you know, there's a lot of personal aspects that are shared around food. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just really unique. I think that's one of the things I love the most about the work we do are those personal connections. I love that. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, there's definitely different departments across the, the county where you can get involved and volunteer. But I mean... It seems like the cooperative, and kind of to Elizabeth's point, the cooperative extension does such a good job of of kind of not just getting people to volunteer, but kind of bringing them in and making them feel valued. Um, you obviously get a lot out of it, and then you know, kind of creating that sense of family. I mean, that's that is really special. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you know, we are finishing up our lift program in Stanley, and that was the eight week program, and it's brand new. This was our first official group because of COVID. And we did a midpoint survey and asked folks, and we had about 35 people sign up. And again, mostly seniors, Mm -hmm. asking them what part of the program was the most important to them. It wasn't, it hasn't been the physical activity. It's been the personal connections Mm -hmm. of coming out of the house twice a week. And one person commented that they probably aren't the best at making friends and at this point in their life that was really one of the most important aspects and what we're continuing to do because we're going to do med instead of meds as the follow-up nutrition program to that starting in january so we asked for a couple of those folks that i saw 
that were really, that were more isolated, that lived alone, but were there every session. Mm -hmm. And so I said, why, why don't you come and join us and have input on what we're going to plan, what recipes we're going to try and help being on the planning session and to see the looks on these, on the faces of people where they're getting in, they're engaged and they're like, you know, I can do that. And so, you know, I, I have just like so many other folks I've just seen since COVID our connection to one another is so important. And I think the level of activities and volunteerism through what we do with extension is just a really important aspect. And, you know, I share that when I go to other states or visit, I'm like, check with your local senior centers, your churches, Mm -hmm. your extension office, and find out there's a lot of opportunities, but it's really important that we engage with one another. Well said. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both for, for coming on the, uh, the show today. Uh, it's always great to have you here, Linda. And Dana, it's good to see you again as well. Thank you. And uh, if you have any questions or interested in finding out about the Extension Master Food Volunteer Program, as Linda said earlier, check out their website. There's a litany of information there about that program and, and all the others that the Cooperative Extension offers. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Savvy Citizen Podcast is a production of the Gaston County Communications Office. It is hosted by Janet Schaefer and Adam Gobb, and its senior field correspondent is Elizabeth McGee. Editor and producer is Joshua Braswell. Coming up next week on the show, we've got GEMS paramedics Ryan and Kelly Probst, and they're in talking to us about a special adventure they took with their family during 2022. You are not going to want to miss this.